Welcome to a special presentation of Behind the Page, where we at Marvel vs. Marvel revisit the comic book histories of some of your favourite Marvel characters. If you're joining us for the first time, each and every episode of MVM is packed with this kind of history and trivia as we explore the Marvel movies and the comic books that inspired them. So let's take a, a look behind the behind the panel, behind the page then, Will, and let's try to get at the heart of what this movie is. Now, this movie is called Into the Spider-Verse, and it does share this multi-dimensional kind of idea with the Marvel comic book storyline that is called Spider-Verse. But kind of other than that, it, it, it doesn't really share much with that comic book storyline. It shares the characters and the fact that it's different dimensions and that's kind of it really um but this is of course the the the, the major world hollywood everyone in the world learning about miles morales this introduction of this brand new um spider-man character and he's a really important character and he's a really poignant character and he's a really great character um as is you know spider gwen that we see later on but i think it's a perfect time for us to look at miles morales and in fact Ultimate Spider-Man, which is where Miles comes from. We've talked mainly in some of our bonus episodes about, you know, how um, Marvel had this uh, this big, big decline in 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 the ni- the nineteen nineties, the end of the nineties. Mm. Um, by two thousand and one, Spider-Man, you know, in his his kind of history, his personal life had gotten so dense, it was impenetrable to new readers right peter parker had gone to college which is fine he'd graduated he'd gotten married his aunt may had died by this point 2001 Mm. he'd been cloned he'd died and come back his aunt may had come back um he'd had a miscarriage with his wife or stillbirth sorry with his wife um and all sorts of spiraling issues and problems. The most relatable character in, in, in comic books, Peter Parker, was suddenly not relatable anymore, especially to to young people. Um, and, and this is on top of, as we said, the late 90s, the comic book industry, declining sales, um, and a lack of connection with new readers and young readers. I mean... Uh, sales have been close to a, a billion dollars in 1993. Um, by the time we get towards 96 and so, they declined to just 700 and, uh, 270 million, sorry, mm. from close to a billion. The bubble that had been the kind of speculator market, um, where comic books were seen as valuable collector items and investments, that had well and truly burst. Batman and Robin had dealt a huge blow to the prospects of superheroes as entertainment properties beyond comic books that movie was so poorly received it felt like 
This is the death of the superhero movie. Genuinely, that's what it was. And so, like, superhero comics have never been at a lower ebb. Marvel goes, you know, files for bankruptcy. It loses tons of its notable writers and artists. DC Comics starts to really... um, Really, kind of run away with with the with the lead in sales. Mm. It was very much a time for a, a a a fresh a fresh start or a fresh approach to these great characters. Yeah, and that's where the idea for the Ultimate Universe kind of comes from, or the Ultimate imprint of Marvel Comics, developed by a publisher who is over at Marvel called Bill Jameis. Um, he wanted to reinvent the Marvel Universe. Because with over like forty years of backstory, to a lot of people it was impenetrable. Like we said, people don't feel that they can kind of jump on when there's so much backstory to uh, to deal with. Uh, Bill Jameis was not what you'd call a regular comic book guy. I mean, he was a lawyer, yeah, um, who had worked mainly in the collectible trading card industry. And he'd also worked for Madison Square Garden as a, as a, as a company. He'd worked for the New York Knicks. Um, right before coming to work for Marvel, he'd worked for the New York Knicks. Mm. Um, he had very little kind of um, interaction or knowledge of the production of comic books. So he, he had this kind of almost outsider perspective that yeah. proved to be absolutely key. Um, he, he, his, his perspective was um, that publishing these stories they were impossible for teens to read and they were kind of inaccessible because teens weren't going to comic book shops anymore it was seen as a place for kind of like you know geeky middle-aged men to go rather than teenagers Hmm. um so he picked up on this idea that was originally called ground zero which has awful connotations now post 9 11 But along with Marvel's editor-in-chief, Joe Quesada, they came up with this concept to reboot some of Marvel's characters, specifically Spider-Man. It would be a brand new iteration of the character starting from day one. It would be... It would take place in a brand new universe that would have no backstory, have no... You know, had no reliance on any other Marvel characters. It would exist in a vacuum on its own. Um, and that became became this this idea of ultimate Spider Man. It would be a teenage Spider Man start starting his career, um, and all the regular M- Marvel Spider Man comics would carry on. The Amazing Spider Man, which had been published since the nineteen sixties, that wouldn't be affected. That's kind of the six one six hour Peter Parker. That would carry on as normal with forty years of backstory. But also they were going to publish. Initially, it was the idea was it was going to be like a six-issue limited series. See how it goes. Ultimate Spider-Man. What would Peter Parker be like if he came about now in the year two thousand? Aha. Uh-huh, okay. Um, Bill Jameis, Joe Quesada auditioned an awful lot of writers for this position, mm. for this to take the helm and captain this kind of ship. They've got to find the right person. Mm. But at the same time, Marvel is not attracting big names whatsoever and probably can't afford big names. And that's where a writer called Brian Michael Bendis comes in. Now, Brian Michael Bendis is on the crew list of this movie as an executive producer for a reason. I mean, Bendis um, came from the independent comic book world. Mm. 
he he got his start as a as an artist and a writer who self published his own comics because no one else would publish them, <laughs> um, and and he built himself a a, a low profile a low profile career writing drawing and creating um, gritty crime noir stories right very urban mm. um, t- telling like compelling complex dialogue driven and, and and character driven stories about con artists and criminals and bounty hunters and serial killers a a real far cry from from marvel superheroes mm. but joe quesada this was his whole approach when he took over as editor in chief it was a visionary kind of approach to invigorate marvel right. from the ground up by packing it with edgy writers from outside the superhero world or from outside the mainstream superhero world um and uh, that's the approach that gave us you know that frank the the, the the punisher series we talked about when we looked at the punisher um and reinvigorated that it's what gave us a reinvigorated uh, Daredevil series, you know, Joe Quesada got Kevin Smith involved in comic books, which led to a massive spike in mm. whatever you might think of his movies. He was in, by in two thousand and one or nineteen ninety nine, even he was a really popular, you know, guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, massively so. <laughs> Brian Michael Bendis comes aboard to this Ultimate Spider Man project and just changes everything really about a traditional super not everything but it changes a lot of the approaches to a traditional superhero story he gets rid of thought bubbles and and long expositions get out of my way i am here to do a journey and i'm coming for you spider-man ah this is my backstory and this is my plan like there was none of that in bendis's writing he he he, he changed the narration style so that the, the ultimate spider-man comics resembled more of a tv series than a, than, a, than a traditional superhero comic um, it the, he didn't feature the Spider-Man costume or any superhero whatsoever in the first several issues. Bendis took the the original origin of Spider-Man, mm. Peter Parker's Spider-Man. You know, in nineteen sixty-two, it's eleven pages. It's very short because that's comic books were short at the time. Okay. It was it wasn't a Spider-Man comic. It was one short story in an anthology book. Bendis turns that origin story, that 11-page origin story, into a seven-issue story arc. Ah. He spends seven issues... This is the first time anyone has ever written Uncle Ben as a proper character you get to know, that you feel for, so that when there's that end that comes to him... And this is taking place before the first Spider-Man movie, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie. Wow. An awful lot of that movie can actually be... Um, you know, can actually share a lot of similarities with Ultimate Spider-Man in terms of giving us that that kind of um, that fresh perspective on it. Um, Spider Peter Parker doesn't become Spider-Man in Ultimate Spider-Man until the fifth issue. There's four entire issues of Peter Parker, his Aunt May, Uncle Ben, and his friends. Um, Bendis was paired with an established marvel artist called mark bagley or bagley um he made his name with spider-man and venom comics in the 1990s and his reaction to the script this script from brian michael bendis was kind of outrage like it was shock he said i got the script and it was 60 pages long or something it was a double-sized issue the script was like nothing i'd ever seen in comics and i remember thinking what the hell is this guy doing 
Uh, he said he was in complete shock of the slow developing plot and focus on on tons of dialogue, like modern believable dialogue, lots of back and forth dialogue, which superhero comics just didn't have. You said what you needed to say, the next character says the next thing, mm. and you get out. This was almost read like like a sitcom. Some of this dialogue. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get that. Um, and the response was incredible. Mm. The, the, the first several issues were were, were uh, very very strongly received by fans and by critics. Um, it sold incredibly well. Mm. Um, it gave it gave Marvel a, Ultimate Marvel a, a big boost in credibility and Marvel in general. Um, but Bill Jemis, the publisher, did this very interesting thing with the Ultimate Spider-Man. He had a brand new way of distributing it. He made sure that this comic wasn't just in comic book shops, but it was in uh, what what me and you in Britain would call supermarket stores, like Walmart and mm. and um, something called Payless Shoes. Um, <laughs> like brand new markets where kids are there all the time and parents are there with kids a new market where you can sell comic books to kids. Um, sales shot up, really rose very strongly as mm-hmm. the critical acclaim went up. Um, it was uh, Ultimate Spider-Man issue one was voted the ninth greatest Marvel comic of all time in two thousand and one. Oh wow! Um, in addition to that, uh, Ultimate Spider-Man was outselling the Amazing Spider-Man, the proper one, the real one. The main one, getting absolutely outsold by Ultimate Spider-Man. Um, Brian Michael Bendis and Mark Bagley, their, their partnership on Ultimate Spider-Man lasts for a hundred and eleven consecutive issues, uh, which is in, insane. Will there's absolutely. there's very very few that that last that long. It's one of the longest in American comic book history. It's the longest run by any Marvel creative team. Um, it beats Stanley and Jack Kirby on Fantastic Four in terms of length, uh, and it also helped launch an entire new line of Ultimate Ultimate Marvel Comics. They relaunched the X Men as Ultimate X Men. The Avengers became the Ultimates, and you know, on and on it went. Um, it was very, very popular. But after a decade of Ultimate Spider Man, Bendis, Bagley, and 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 the others had pretty much told every kind of Peter Parker story that they could like in that decade they had done um, you know the Venom story and the Green Goblin story the Hobgoblin story they'd done the Kingpin story they'd done they'd done their own clone saga you know they told every you know Peter Parker story that was out there and and so then this version of Peter Parker had suffered huge tragedies like the other one had and battled loss and become quite you know become kind of a depressed young kid and so it was decided that now actually this character we created to have less backstory has now got a decade of backstory i think it's time to kill him off and replace him with a new ultimate spider-man a new fresh young kind of approach to the character and that's where we get this idea for miles morales now the concept of a of a, a black a young black spider-man um was first discussed uh right before Barack Obama was elected president 2008 okay um they were Marvel's he was he was the was it the editor in chief at the time Axel Alonso 
who has been editor-in-chief at one point, has talked about how they felt they were standing on the brink of this historic moment of having a black president for the first time. Hmm. And they're looking at their cast of characters and going, you know, wow, we're severely lacking here. Um, and so it was a time they felt to make a change and to try and do something, you know, more in line with the world outside the window, which is what Stan and Jack always talked about it ne- Marvel needing to be. Miles Morales is created by Brian Michael Bendis and an artist called uh, Sarah Pacilli. And Bendis, I don't know if this will resonate. Have you seen Community? I have seen Community, yes. I recent, This year I went through uh, all six seasons, but not the movie because that's not a thing yet. No. So Bendis says that Miles Morales is heavily influenced by Donald Glover's appearance in Spider-Man pajamas in the ish, in the episode Anthropology 101. Yes. Okay. Which is the, the, the first episode of the second series. Yeah. Now think about the movie we've, we're watching for this. Hmm. Miles Morales is wearing essentially Spider-Man pajamas in the whole movie. Yeah. And that's where the look comes from. Oh, um, the because because of course he, he's he's wearing very tattered Spider-Man outfit. Look, yeah, it could basically be pajamas. I think I think it is pajamas, and and he gets a Halloween mask. Yeah, yeah. So Donald Glover wearing pajamas in that episode is a reference to his like online viral campaign to try and get him, Donald Glover. A, 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 an audition to be the lead in the Amazing Spider-Man. Amazing. Um, and so that led to Donald Glover wearing pajamas, Spider-Man pajamas in Anthropology, which led to Brian Michael Bendis seeing the episode. And when he saw it, he said he looked fantastic. I saw him in, in that pajama costume and thought I would read that book. And then he went, "Oh, I'm also writing that book. <laughs> I'll, I'll just make it happen." Um, it turns out I'm the one driving the bus. And so that is the basis for Miles Morales coming into the Ultimate Marvel Universe um, and replacing a now deceased Peter Parker. Mm. Um, despite the, all the tons of initial press around it, great, great critical reception of the character and of the stories. Brian Michael Bendis was really probably on top form at the time as a writer. Ultimate Comic Spider-Man, as it was called or renamed, was not a hit um, on in sales. And hmm. um, by August two thousand thirteen, sales of the title and and sales of all the other Ultimate titles. So it's not just Miles Morales. All the other Ultimate Marvel titles they'd slipped to a point where they were going to be cancelled, and and that's kind of what happened. It ended its run after just twenty eight issues. Hmm. Um, and Marvel then, because of low sales and low interest, they did away with the Ultimate Marvel imprint and the universe entirely. By the time you get to 2016, there's a huge event called Secret Wars, which merges the main Marvel Universe, 616, with some other alternate realities, including the Ultimate Universe. We covered Secret kind Wars, of a, did we? We covered the original Secret War. Oh, um, God. And then, in our one of our earliest bonus episodes, and then we we have this in 2016, Secret Wars, mm. which does what Marvel had never done before, which is re you know kind of realign the whole universe. This is a very DC Comics thing. Yeah, it's a very Crisis on Infinite Earths move. 
But in this new remade Marvel Universe, yeah. Miles Morales is is now part of the main regular worlds, not just this offshoot Ultimate Universe. So now, the regular Marvel main universe has two Spider-Men, Peter Parker and Miles Morales. Um, now, the title of this movie, Spider-Verse, comes from an epic... 2014 comic book crossover event masterminded by writer Dan Slott who wrote Spider-Man for 10 years and is it's my favourite 10 years of stories, it's incredible and this is a sprawling story that featured virtually every different version of Spider-Man from all across the multiverse all of them coming under threat by a terrifying predator and having to put together an army um, that this movie is very, very, very different and separate to that story. We will cover some of it here with all our trivia and context. Um, we, we've got to talk about, you know, Spider-Gwen and Spider-Ham and all of that. Yeah. But this is much more of a Miles Morales movie, Ultimate Spider-Man movie, which is why I've given that as the behind-the-page behind the kind of um, background. For the full Spider-Verse story... All the ins and outs of this sprawling thing that goes on and on. You're going to head to patreon.com <laughs> slash Marvel vs. Marvel. Because the, 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 the Marvel Comics Spider-Verse story. That will be our full length bonus episode for the month of October. Thanks for joining us as we revisit some of our favourite moments from Marvel vs. Marvel. Don't forget our full-length episodes are jam-packed with hours of Marvel trivia, behind-the-page, behind-the-scenes, and comic book Marvel history. Marvel.